Welcome everyone to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number. 928-428-9494. Happy Tuesday everybody. Hope you're having a good day. I am. It was beautiful out there. A little overcast. Little I cool. love that. Yeah, it was. It a was cool fall. I'm wearing my cardigan for the second time this fall. You you are very uh, very Starsky. You you are way way I know too young. Starsky and Hutch is a thing. Yes. Is that what this is referring to? I yes. don't know what that is, but I know that those are two names that go together. Starsky and Hutch was a uh, TV cop show in the '70s. Okay, had a. Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of 70s, 60s and 70s shows had very, um, uh, they were as popular about the vehicle that was driven in the show as the show. They had a Ford Torino. That was their their big one. And uh, boy, everybody wanted one. Uh, two cops, uh, Michael, oh God, Michael, Paul Michael Glazer was Starsky. David Soul was Hutch. And uh, short, dark, tall, blonde, you know, the contrast mm-hmm. and the style. And Starsky always it's wore... It's like Sundance, um, what is it? Butch and Sundance? Butch and Sundance type deal. I don't... Well, a little different? Yeah, a little different because both Redford and Newman were pretty darn handsome. I mean, that, you know... Are we referring to the movie? Yes. Okay, th- those were two handsome men. Paul Michael Glazer, not exactly the most so, handsome guy on the planet, but not bad looking. Just, and which one is he? He was Starsky. Oh, okay. And he wore he and wore he, just, uh, he a wore sweater. cardigans. He wore a really thick sweater. It was it was a really almost like a cable knit sweater. That's like on the Great Escape when he's like swimming and he's in that big cable knit sweater. I'm like, ditch the sweater, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that voice you hear is Vance Bryce. He's the executive director of the Graham County Chamber of Commerce. Chamber joins me every Tuesday. Uh, it is it is chamber season right now because you guys have been crazy busy either putting on or supporting events throughout the Gila Valley. Yes, it's a nice time of the year, allegedly. <laughs> it was pretty warm over the weekend, but um, it's a nice time of year to have events. We just ran through Salsa Fest one weekend, the next weekend, Graham County Fair, then the Air Fair. Did I miss a weekend in there? No. Then the air fair, no, that that's how it went. The air fair, then the um, Oktoberfest on Friday and Harvest Fest on Saturday. So that's the events trailer for City of Safford. Mick Ruiz and I were commenting just on Saturday as we were loading that thing up. It has been four weekends in a row we were in that trailer together. <laughs> and and I said this yesterday while I was waiting for my guests to arrive. Um, Mick is killing it. He's doing a great job. He is. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. This is not hyperbole. Uh, I thought Pam did a wonderful job. I'm not she did suggesting an amazing job. Not suggesting she didn't. Um, I wasn't sure how Mick was going to transition from Boys and Girls Club to this because those are two different animals. Um, events coordinator and and director of a group that's serving children yeah. are two totally different jobs. And man, Mick, well, Mick's he's crushing got, it. You know, a military background, leadership background. He isn't afraid to ask questions, afraid to learn, um, afraid make a to, decision. to make a decision, not afraid to make a decision. He uh, has a good sense of humor, which I think is really important during events because I mean, you've been there when I've been a little rattled. and We all have. 
and we, you've all, grouchy and dehydrated. And <laughs> yep. We're, everyone that's ever put on an event or just been involved in one at some point can snap. There's ups and downs to events. That's yeah. for sure. Especially day after day, 12 hour days, and then you get her done and you want to relax and you still can't. And you still can't because yeah. you still have bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's just doing a tremendous job. So, uh, you're right about the heat. I, I mentioned yesterday that after, uh, uh, Harvest Festival, I got a little overheated. I didn't drink enough water was my problem. It was so hot, too. I just couldn't believe how hot it was. Yeah, so I had to go um, home and cool during down. During Harvest Festival. So I did not get a chance to go to Families Fighting Cancer together. Did you get out to I that? didn't either. I, yeah. Same situation. I just, just crashed yeah. out. Um, so I felt bad, but I mean, I, I knew. I talked to our members of M&M Self Storage on the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharon Marble was out there, and she said... It was awesome. She wished she could have donated some mesquite bowls for the auction, and she's going to get involved. And that's good when when you go to an event and see how you want to add to it. That was the thing that Mick uh, commented to me during Harvest Festival. He said, we really have to, all the event producers have to get together and figure out how we can all help each other. And he was even talking about Wilcox. um, The Wine Fest? uh, Everyone supporting each other yeah how can we support them how can they support us we all have event crews we need to grow the people in the crew (laughs) right so i'm i love the idea i mean because he's like is there a way and heck that that new vendor he brought up which was a fluke he was supposed to get somebody else from wilcox as a food vendor but they couldn't so they recommended that fruit bowl. Yeah. I had three different things from there. And and everybody I talked to just loved it. And there were uh, Joe Hancock's trying to get him out for the Christmas events for Downtown Association. Yeah. Um, so and and they were cool. Very unique. Yeah. No, nobody else is doing that product. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's he's right. You know, if there's a way we can all work together, let's do it. So he had an idea of doing. So vendors have a hard time. From the outside looking in, you don't know if it's a chamber event, a downtown association event, a city of Safford event, a Graham County event. You know, it's it all gets mixed up. Who do I contact for this? So that we get called all the time on, can I join Cowboy Christmas? Can I? And we, you, we kind of direct them the right way, which this chamber does. But we wonder if there's a way to do a vendor application where like a master one that we can send out to different event organizers. Hey, this person is interested. They Here's all their information. They filled out the the boilerplate application. Now you can get them details if you want them type of thing. We're not sure how that would all work out yet and how the right entity would get the money, but that's all details. I, I think it's very doable. Um, my previous community used the Convention and Visitors Bureau as the... First clearing step. House. Yeah, yeah, clearinghouse is a good way. The first step. So making sure all business permits, or, you know, business licenses, temporary or permanent, were uh, were obtained, health department inspections were scheduled, whether or not police or public works needed to be involved, um, because sometimes they do, depending on where you have your event, that something might need to be closed off. Or, right. Um, and, and they kind of were the first step no matter who was putting the event on. And then from there, the event producer would would work with whoever was doing whatever. And it seemed to work. Now, they, they had 
an organization just for that within the Convention and Visitors Bureau. There was one person who was tasked with just doing that. But that community has an event, has multiple events every weekend. 52 yeah. weeks a year. I mean, that's yeah, not a tourism ex- community. Yeah. And yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's a reason to do that. We don't have that. Even though we're busy right now, come, you know, January. Yep. And June. Yeah. June's like this, the month we forgot, I think. <laughs> yeah. There, there are some months where nothing happens. Right. So, um, so what is coming up event wise? So I really, or t- activity wise. Today I, I really wanted to bring up the ribbon cutting for the town of Pima's Carson, Gary Brown field. That's the field that just got lighting and, um, resurfacing and all kinds of stuff. Uh, $200,000 grant from the United Way of Grand Greenlee counties. There is a reason to celebrate that. And they're doing it 8 a.m. on Saturday, November 4th. Vernon Batty, the manager for the town of Pima, was scheduled to be with me today, but he is also scheduled to be in Mexico with Project Central. And that's a really cool program if you are interested in um, not just running for office, but being a community leader, just like Gila Valley Leadership. Um, Project Central takes you around the whole state and into Mexico, apparently, because that's where Vernon is. And uh, he's doing it. He represents, I guess you don't have to have one person from Graham County, but um, he is representing Graham County at, at Project Central this this year. And it's free to you once you get accepted into the program. I think you pay to drive wherever it right. starts. But other than that, you know, your hotels are paid for, your meals are paid for, the tours are paid for. So that could be a cool thing for folks out there listening today to do project central. That's all about rural leadership. Anyway, Vernon um, is really excited about this grand opening. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Chelsea from the chamber will be running that with uh, Karina Pino Reyes, our president. She'll be speaking. John Howard is scheduled to speak and it's just going to be a great, Oh, and Denise Benton scheduled to speak from United Way. It's just a great celebration of collaboration. And, and that Oktoberfest we just had was a big fundraiser for United Way. They get a, t- a lot of their funds from FMI employees donating their Angel Day money uh, to United Way. But then we have little, I, I say little because United Way has a ton of <laughs> a ton of money and it's not coming from Oktoberfest. We did get them um, a few thousand dollars from that from that alcohol sale, but, um, and everything helps when it comes to funding the community. City of Safford employees are the, are the third largest donors. Um, it's, it's Freeport and the Freeport employees. And, and they're the same because Freeport matches what the employees donate. Right. So that's why, and, and they're the biggest employer around here. So it just kind of makes sense. And Adam O'Doherty, the former executive director said we were the second had the second biggest uh, war chest per capita to Tampa, Florida, or something like that. There's I, a lot of money at United Way of Graham and Greenland counties. It's great. I believe it. I, I do, because Freeport is so very generous. But City of Safford employees step up. Yep. And they're they're constantly doing stuff to to raise money for. And, and that's because they get it. You know, the money comes mm-hmm. right back into the community, whether it's Little League or, or you know, soccer fields in Pima or doesn't matter where yeah, or, or, or the schools. Salsa Fest had a $5,000 sponsorship yep. uh, from United Way. That's, I mean, that pays for entertainment. It pays for rentals of things. It, it helps us 
put on an event and make it a free event when people don't realize when you go to salsa fest all that music costs money everything we do costs money and to have a bathroom <laughs> it costs money yeah so it's great to have united way helping us out with that and i was very impressed at the last uh, pima town council meeting when was it the last one might have been the one before i'm not sure when vernon batty said they want to develop a new now he called it a sports complex but the way he described yeah, it i saw that in your on gila valley central um the way he described it sounds like a really good park more than a sports complex, but he wants to put it with those soccer fields that are going to have the yeah. ribbon cutting. Mm-hmm. Um, so great, you know, uh, more park space is great any way you cut it. And Pima's growing, so yeah. And it's been the the theme of the last couple of years for Thatcher, Safford, and and Pima to have recreation space and. My brothers always make fun of me when I complain about the traffic in Graham County because they are from, I mean, they live in larger areas, but I tried to navigate around around 530 last night, trying to turn left onto 8th Avenue from just from the chamber around from the annex Oh, and um, lines of people at that four way stop. And I know that's commuter time, but I don't remember growing up here. I don't remember you know, a line of cars at the light at uh, 191 going back all the way to the other light. You know, <laughs> it didn't happen ever. So I think that we know there's, we know we're growing. We know that there's housing needs like you wouldn't believe, but it just seems like we've kind of crested over something and we're coming into kind of a newer way of doing things or a newer size. I don't know. I don't know how to explain how I'm feeling about that, but feels a little new feels a little different economy's hot for sure yes yeah we're it's it that's a good way to put it yeah it's we're we're a place to be i think is i think the rest of the state and maybe the neighboring states are figuring out there's opportunity in graham county and it's wise to take advantage of it if you can but you're right housing is going to be housing's the the only stumbling block i think it is the the big one I, I don't think there's another one. I mean, you can make an argument that maybe we don't have as much of a workforce as some places would like because everybody's working. That I mean, there's not an unemployed workforce. We have a high-quality workforce. We just need more of it. And that's it. where are they going to live? Right. That's the whole... We had a conversation last week with Katie um, McCown from Local First Arizona. She runs the Economic Recovery Center, and she came down for the nonprofit roundtable we do every month. Is she the one helping Duncan? She, her office does that. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, they write grants for free. You get, as a nonprofit, you get four grants from their office. You can choose for a calendar year and they'll help you write them. And that was a COVID era program that's now, the state's funding it. They're going to be called the Arizona um, Economic Resource Center instead of Recovery Center. So they're changing that R um, from recovery to resource. But nonprofits can use them four times a year for grants. Uh, she and Charmaine were talking. Charmaine, uh, gosh, what's Charmaine? Chittister, Chittister from okay. the college. She's the grant writer for the college. Yep. And about housing, just when COVID happened, a lot of the contractors and workers around the mine moved into the student housing and got long-term contracts. And then when the students came back from being remote, 
there wasn't any housing. So, and, and at the same time, they did a, a really good deal on on-campus housing, and that's full. And uh, so they need more housing. They need a, they're working on a skills center. They're working on a grant for a career center. There's a lot going on over there. But we talked about housing the majority of the time. I met a travel nurse locally. He's here for three months. He's paying $1,500 a month and has no kitchen. <laughs> That's just wild. I almost opened up my second room for $1,000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. make some money. Yeah, you do well and he gets a break. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've got issues and, and I don't know what the solution is because any solution that I can come up with could just as easily turn into a white elephant um, in six months, depending on the economy. So my first thought is, well, let's just build a bunch of tiny homes, you know, which are essentially standalone studio apartments. Right. For anybody that doesn't know what it and is. They're already living in a bunch of RVs, so it's right. not that different. <clears throat> no, it's, it's functionally a bedroom, living room, slash, you know, bedroom mm-hmm. slash living room, kitchenette bathroom. That's and it. you can make them really, you know, comfortable, uh, functional. Those really cool things. Yeah, with tiny homes. So we could do that, and we could fill them up like that. Yeah. The problem is, what happens if there's a copper downturn? Because that happens. It, it has happened in the it, past. It, I think it, people remember. Yeah, it's normal. It it was we were going through a downturn when I moved here, which is the only reason why I could find an apartment. Yeah. Um. But, you know, just as quickly it comes back, and then what do you do? Um, I wonder I wonder if a municipality could do that. Is there federal funding to create, because that would be low-income housing. I don't know. It wouldn't affordable be. Affordable housing. It would be affordable housing. Yeah, not, not low-income. Affordable housing. I wonder if- I it, made the mistake of using that term one time. <laughs> affordable housing. Yeah. Because high property values, low income housing is not high property values. Yeah. I guess that's... Well, I don't... I If a municipality did it, I wouldn't care what the property value is, nor would they. They're just creating a place... For workers. For workers. You I know. was talking to Enrique from One Easy Credit Union yesterday. They have a banker position open, two full-time tellers, and one part-time teller. And it's just open, and they're... Hope that's a really good job. That's a great job. Those are fantastic jobs, and um, they're just open along with hundreds of other jobs in the community. When when I was a kid, teller was a great job. It was one you wanted to get. We get resumes for Gila Valley leadership, and kid meaning twenties. I want to stress right. that. Yeah, probably around six to ten of them. Their first job was at Chase or at Wafed or at One AZ. These people in leadership now, leadership positions were all tellers out of high school and you can be a teller you can have a high school degree and be a bank teller yeah um i thought most of the first jobs were thrifty here <laughs> well that's like your 16 16 to oh, 20 oh, you mean first real job yeah. yeah i mean not that thrifty is not a real job but a high school not in high school job yeah okay and then you've got the people at thrifty that worked there for decades to the ones that make the salsa and right. they need to be in salsa fest I need to get after them. Heck yeah. That was my fight. <laughs> my wife loves thrifty Me too. salsa. Me too. Uh, There's a reason I moved down the street from them. <laughs> yeah. It, it was either, this is what I've learned moving here. You either worked at thrifty or if you lived in Pima and you were a young lady, you worked at uh, Taylor Freeze. Taylor Freeze, she, she has trained so generations many. of 
young good woman. workers yep yeah uh cheryl made a point which i really respected i didn't know about this until she won businesswoman of the year which we'll talk about in a minute um she deliberately hires young women in the pima area because she wants them to know there are opportunities for them and and she teaches them real world business i mean they count their change back there yeah i mean i know that's a simple thing but some people can't do it these days and um they have good customer service the food's hot it's always good yeah so consistent. i I just really appreciate that, that that it was a deliberate choice. It wasn't just, I need to hire somebody. It was, I specifically want these young women to know whatever they want, they can do. And Laura Tolman was telling me, she's one of the owners of CMI, that when she served on the chamber board with Cheryl Goodman, um, she got like three of her employees came over to CMI from Taylor Freeze and Cheryl is just like, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> They're on the <laughs> chamber board together. She's stealing her employees. But that's, you know, there's a little bit of higher paying over at CMI and there's a natural and, step up. And, and, and some getting, of them have gone back and forth from Taylor Freeze to CMI. <laughs> but CMI is getting good employees. Yes. And that's They're the getting key. well-trained, yep. seasoned at this point, good customer service. And they have good customer service at CMI too. Right. They do a good job. So she knows she's hiring good quality employees if she's right. hiring from Taylor Freeze. She's using, yeah, she, Taylor yeah. Freeze is her stable. <laughs> Cheryl is the feeder program. Yeah. 428 <laughs> is the phone number. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more with Vance Bryce from the Chamber of Commerce right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. Vance Bryce with the Chamber is here. Uh, tonight, it's the return. We haven't had one since 2019. Small Business Woman of the Year. You're yes, going to be there, right? I'll be there. Yeah. yeah, it's at the venue tonight, 6 o'clock. I think it's by invitation. So if you're nominated or, or part of the committee or a whole lot of reasons, you could have been invited, but you would have received an invitation in the mail. Um, watch for coverage on Gila Valley Central yep. and other outlets. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. I, they have the most nominations ever. I think there's that three-year three, backlog of waiting yeah. to be nominated, right? Right. Three three county. You were part of the judging, right? I was. So I can't ask you any specifics. Here, here let me ask you some generalities because um, I know my wife was, was nominated um, because our neighbor told me she she nominated um and and her, also husband, David and her probably, husband might have nominated, probably nominated <laughs> um but i know our neighbor did too um so she's like yeah but there's there's 85 you know nominations 42 different business owners or something like that, 45 somewhere around there and i keep telling her but remember that's three counties right because it's not just graham it's, it's Gila, graham and greenley and there's gonna be one for each so I'm just I curious think how Greenlee and Graham are tonight. Oh, Hila's going to do it in Hila. I don't know if Hila is tonight, or I just didn't get to judge Hila. Maybe that's the. It would make sense if it's done in Hila County because that's a long drive. Yeah, and Greenlee makes sense to. I mean, Graham and Greenlee were the. We're together. We're the twins. Yeah, we're the G and G. Yeah, 
and, and that's and that's fine. I guess Hila's a G two. I yeah. just realized triple G's. Um, and and heck, next year could be in Clifton if we wanted or Marencia. Yeah, that'd be cool Club. to rotate it. Yeah, Gila's a out. I mean, it's just a little bit further, and they have the northern Gila County and southern Gila County, which Tori and Eric and um, Tavia have to deal with all the time. It's a, almost two separate counties or yep. two separate cultures. It really is. When we were at that moonshot. Um, I didn't realize because there were two winners. The Moonshot uh, is a statewide program that helps small businesses that exist uh, advance to the next level. Mm -hmm. And my wife was the nominee, winner, whatever you want to call it, from Graham County. So she went, and the two winners, there was the judge's choice, and then there was the public's choice, the fan's choice. Both came out of Gila County. That's awesome. I didn't realize that. I think it was a teardrop trailers and teardrop trailers which is based in i think miami they were the judges winners so they got ten thousand dollars and then the uh fan choice got five thousand dollars was a horse therapy kind of like what uh yeah shauna shauna does here mm-hmm. um heart of valor yeah over at the fairgrounds yeah and that was based in northern Healy. i had no idea well, she was part of moonshot here so she was cool yeah she was one of the recipients because there were three, there was a first, second, third here, and then uh, Space Snacks. Everybody was so impressed with with. Um, I want to say Renee Alexa, thank you, Alexa, that she got something extra that they weren't a scholarship. Planning. I think yeah. is what they called it. Right, it paid for her another freeze dryer. Yeah, which is awesome. So uh, my wife has been taking those classes, and she sees Shauna all the time. And cool, uh, good for her. Shauna's great. She really is. It was fun reading through all those nominations because as a single guy who has no kids, I get stressed, which is kind of funny. After reading these nominations and seeing this person's the CEO at home, they have five dependents they're working for (laughs) as as a full-time gig. And then they have this, they're an entrepreneur at the same time, which means they're the marketer, the janitor, the the bookkeeper, the uh, merchandiser. Every piece of their business is them. Is I th- I love the idea of Small Business Women's Month for October. I love the idea of awards. It's it's the, Amer- it's the I I don't know if there's an equivalent in Canada or the UK or whatever, but it's such an American thing. Like you can have your home and your family and your business. Uh, Tori Cranford is an excellent example of that. You know, she had her cake studio at home mm-hmm. while raising her family and, and brought in a second income for their family. And I also think about uh, Mary Coronado. She started El Coronado in 1983 that was the year of the big old floods, big old flash flooding, right. um, hugest storm we've had ever, where the National Guard came in to rescue people from Little Hollywood. Well, they came in kind of to break up the strike, and they and, just got put yes, into And there rescue. was a strike going on. Yeah. And she was a Hispanic woman starting a business on Main Street in Safford. That's still going. Right. I, I think of, like, she's, like, they should name the award after her, Tori. um there's so many i mean we have a march shade in this community we have um there were people that i was shocked 
um, hadn't been nominated previously. I don't know yeah. if they are now, and I'm not asking. Uh, oh, I started to ask, do we know how many break out between Graham Greenlee? Is it predominantly Graham? It, there's more Graham. Okay. I, uh, I read through them. I can't re- that's fine. remember, but I think it might be twice as many in Graham. Okay. I did Which want shows to- a good showing for Greenlee, population comparison-wise. Yeah. Um, but but I was thinking about this the other day. There are people that I'm shocked hadn't been nominated previously. Yeah. Jojo Schroeder was the one that is a came nomination. to my mind. Yeah, did she get nominated? Oh, she did. Okay, yeah. good. And she'll. She, I mean, she she's invited. It's public. Okay, that um, she's been invited. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. That was the the name that yeah. came to my mind last night. I was talking to my wife because I was trying to handicap, and I'm like, here's who I think's going to win. And then I said, oh wait, no, I think this person might. I changed my mind, <laughs> and then I was like, well. Why isn't Letty Garcia, uh, Tony's Kitchen, yeah. nominated? Why isn't JoJo nominated? Yeah. I said, my And we gosh. talked about a few too, Laura Tolman. Yeah. Um, Does Laura I technically own? She is an owner, yeah. She is an owner, okay. With her sisters With her and her dad, yeah. Okay, because her dad started it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure if the daughters had ownership. Yeah, she moved home from yeah. California and took it on and okay. bought her way in. And Because um, cool I know story. manager <clears throat> is not allowed. It's got to be owner and, right. you know. Um yeah, and Cheryl Cheryl Goodman's gotten it. She's she's already. Do you won know it. the list of who who yeah. has received it? It's up on Gila Valley Central. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. So go find. So it was Janet Quinn was the first one. Kelly Efros used to own Indigo Mountain. Oh Toys. yeah, yeah. Um, then it was Cheryl, Jenny Howard, um, the Jenny who owns Safford Dance Academy. It's Jennifer, right? That owns Safford mm-hmm. Dance Academy. Then the owner of Physique Fitness, I don't remember. Margot Henry. Margot Henry. That yep. and that's when it ended. I went to that one. That yep. was the last one I went to. So or the first one and the last one. <laughs> I've only been to one. <laughs> yeah. And it it started at uh, the women's club and it was a amalgamation of groups that put it together. It wasn't just the SBDC. Well they that were video part you posted from the first year had um Provost Jeannie Bryce. Yep. I saw her in the video and then of course Kevin was there and then SBDC was part of it, but it was also the uh, Paulette LeBlanc is a part of that group. The friends of the library? No, women academic women's group. Oh and yeah, something yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GFWC was part of it. There was about four or five groups that were all part of the Businesswoman of the Year committee. Yeah. So Women's Club is active again. Yeah, and that'd be great to bring into that again. I agree. I went to their in her shoes event where you go through experiences of living in domestic abuse. It was very sobering for a Friday afternoon, by the way. Whew, that was heavy. Yeah, I've gone to the uh, Safe House's domestic violence awareness yeah. events, and those will those will wake you up, so I imagine. Uh, so that's tonight, 6 o'clock? Yes, at the venue on Main Street. At the venue on Main, who is owned by somebody I also think should have been nominated. Oh, yeah, Kim. Yeah. She's got keyhole properties and exactly. those rentals. Thank you, Vance. Thank you. And thank you all for listening as well. I appreciate it every single day. I'm out of here for now, but I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day. Bye.